Look, up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's a half-naked elf on a hawk with a sword. Huh. You'll have to excuse me. I'm not at my best. I've been gone for a week. I've been drunk since I left. This is the War Games Orchard. Welcome to the show. My name is Nathan Stone, and I will be your host today. It is after Easter, and boy, did I have a great Easter holiday. My wife and I went to the beautiful Annapolis Valley region of Nova Scotia to have a little vacation, celebrate the end of the school year for me, and for the both of us, we celebrated 10 years of being together. We got married about eight years ago, but we met 10 years ago on April 16th. So it was really nice to have a little vacation to celebrate that. And oh boy, it was a fun one. We went out to a lot of wineries and cideries. One thing about the Annapolis Valley, it is a very, very fertile, beautiful region. It grows a lot of apples, as well as other produce. And one of their largest exports is wine. It's a very, very great area to grow grapes. The only real area in Nova Scotia where you can do that with any kind of success. We have our own wonderful wines that come out of the Annapolis Valley. And I think we tried just about all of them. It was tons and tons of fun. And going to the Annapolis Valley also inspired this episode. There are some of the most beautiful birds in all of North America in the Annapolis Valley. It is a wonderful place for anyone who is into bird watching. I think that's going to be one of my old man hobbies, is bird watching. I'm not sure when I'll graduate to that, but it's coming. I can feel it. I, I really do love birds. There are bald eagles, ravens, pheasants, all sorts of songbirds, geese, anything that you can think of as far as interesting North American birds go, seems to come to the Annapolis Valley in one form or another. It was really neat seeing these wonderful, wonderful birds, including hawks, which gave me a direct inspiration for this episode where we're going to talk about the history of the Wood Elf Warhawk Riders. Just before we begin, as a little reminder... April's challenge for our Super Serious Paint Challenge is Born Yesterday. So we're looking for characters who maybe are young or young at heart, perhaps newly hatched monsters, or really, really naive characters, perhaps. I thought it would be a fun theme for spring to say, give me something that is evocative of youth. So check that out on our Facebook page, The Warhammer Orchard, if you haven't already. Now, let's go back in time, our favorite place to be. We are going to do something a little bit interesting here, because the modern Warhawk Riders begin in 4th edition. But that's not where we're going to start things off for this episode, we're actually going back to 3rd edition to talk about a really cool unit that, if you squint, can be construed as the progenitor of the Warhawk Riders. Maybe I am stretching the definition a bit, but I'm going to let you be the judge of that. So we're going to start in Warhammer Army's 3rd edition. 
Now, the Wood Elf list here is kind of everything you think of of as a third edition force. There is a lot of units that just won't see the light of day again afterwards, including Shape Changers and Beast Masters, two things that we've mentioned on the show. Dryads aren't here yet, but Treemen are. And there is about five different choices for archer regiments, as befits the Wood Elves. There's some really cool stuff here. But what we're going to talk about is the Falconers. They are a unit that you can take 0 to 20 in your army. And within that, the models per unit is 5 to 10. Between 2 and 4 units of Falconers. And their unit illustration shows a Wood Elf in a tunic with a sword on his back holding out a falcon on his right, on his left arm and he looks pretty smug about it so he probably knows something that you don't know their stat line is nothing special it is your basic elf of third edition movement five weapon skill four ballistic skill four strength three toughness three one wound initiative six one attack leadership eight intelligence nine cool nine and willpower eight it's a good stat line because elves are good And then you have a little bit of a stat line for the Hawk itself. It's Weapon Skill 5, Ballistic Skill 5, Strength 2, and 1 Attack. Everything else is not applicable. They are 11 points per model. The model is armed with a Hand Weapon and Hawk, and they have no armor. They have a little bit of options here. Double-Handed Weapons for 2 points, Shields for 1 point, and Light Armor for 2 points. So, looking at this stat line, it doesn't tell you much. And that's because for some of these specialty units, their special rules weren't found in the Warhammer Armies book. It was, in fact, in the main rulebook. And that's where we have to go to find the special rules around the Hawks. Now, these are pretty cool, honestly. I really, really like this. I would have loved to see something like this carry on to later editions. I know there was Ska the Falconer in the 4th Ed Wood Elf book, but there's no real units like this after this edition. So let me read you the entry for Falconers. Falconers may enter battle accompanied by a hawk or other small bird of prey, not necessarily a falcon. I'm glad that they took the time to tell you that it doesn't always have to be a falcon. You could go with any bird, any bird your heart desires. Probably some kind of bird of prey, a raptor is better, but... I would love to see a unit of goblins go into battle with some blue jays. I think that would be lovely. For game purposes, hawks are treated as weapons carried by the falconer. A hawk may be cast against an enemy unit in a similar way to missile fire, or it can be used to aid the falconer in hand-to-hand combat. So there are three points here, and Warhammer 3rd Edition was big on its rules broken down into bullet points. It's actually a pretty good system, honestly. So point one, hawks may not be attacked or slain as such, but when the falconer is killed, his hawk is also assumed to have been killed or to have flown away. If you wish to justify this association of the hawks and falconers, think of the hawks as being impossible to shoot missiles or strike blows against because of their small size and great speed. Point two, hawks may be cast in the shooting phase in the same way as other missile weapons are fired. A falconer may move and cast a hawk in the same turn, but may not enter hand-to-hand combat. A unit of falconers is subject to the normal targeting rules and must normally cast all of its hawks against a single target unit. The range of the hawk is 24 inches, and each hawk is treated like a missile attack with a ballistic skill of 5 and a strength of 2. 
Once it has made its attack, it is assumed the hawk returns to its master. And point three, hawks may help their master in hand-to-hand combat, which they do by flying around his foe and swooping upon the enemy to attack. For every falconer fighting in hand-to-hand combat, an additional hawk attack is allowed. These attacks are resolved with a weapon skill of 5 and a strength of 2. Falconers cost an additional 3 points added after the points for equipment. So that is a really neat game mechanic that I've never quite seen before, which is kind of why I wanted to come back here and show this to you guys. What you're looking at is primarily a small ranged unit. They can fire up to 29 inches because remember you've got that movement of 5 and you're free to move and shoot. And because the Hawks aren't actually a missile weapon as such, there's not going to be any kind of movement penalties for firing those Hawks. I also like the fact that they attack both in hand-to-hand combat and at ranged. Though you have here elves that have no armor and a single hand weapon, so they probably don't want to be in hand-to-hand combat. They're an interesting unit, but their low numbers and that low strength of the Hawk means that I think you're going to have to pick your targets carefully if you wanted to run them. Where I think they actually shine is against other elves, if you're playing against high elves or dark elves or other wood elves. Because the weapon skill 5 is better than an elf's weapon skill of 4, so you're going to be hitting on 3s, and that strength of 2 isn't going to matter as much against a toughness 3, and elves tend to be pretty lightly armored. So I think they're actually a pretty good unit against other elves. Either way, they are a really interesting entry into the history of the Wood Elves. And I kind of wish this unit had carried forward into the later eras. Another interesting thing that the Wood Elves could do in 3rd edition was in their allies section, they could bind a monstrous or ethereal host. And in the monstrous host, you actually had eagles. So kind of the great eagles of later editions. You could take them 0 to 5 at 75 points each. And they were kind of the bound monsters of 4th and 5th edition, but earlier. So that was kind of a neat option as well. You had some other really cool things. So bears, you could take 0 to 20 bears as a monstrous host, 0 to 40 boars, a single dragon, 5 eagles, 0 to 1 swarms, And swarms were made up of multiple bases of, I believe, what we would call swarms in later eras. So it's not just one swarm base. It would have been a single regiment of swarms, basically. And finally, 0 to 20 warhounds. And what's even neater than that is that they could take an ethereal host, where you could take 0 to 5 ghosts, 0 to 1 specters, 0 to 1 spectral mounts, uh, 0 to 2 whites, and 0 to 2 wraiths. And these were in fluff the spirits of deceased wood elves that could be roused to defend their forest home. So they were, they were good ghosts, not kind of your undead ghosts that we more think of for Warhammer Fantasy. All right, let's pop into a more recent era and look at the Warhawk Riders of 4th Edition. Now, this is where they really come in to their own. And these are the ones that we're going to be familiar with from 4th edition onward. We get a little bit more information about them as the eras go on, and that's very normal for most units in the game. But we'll start off in 4th edition. 
Many large birds of prey live in the forest, especially where it covers the foothills, ravines, and crags of the Grey Mountains. These hawks and buzzards often grow far larger than similar species found elsewhere in the Old World. Some are so big and have such a broad wingspan that they can carry a rider on their back. Some wood elves live amongst the crags inhabited by the great hawks and befriend them. One way they do this is by rescuing hatchlings, or even hatching them from abandoned eggs found in nests among the pinnacles of the highest branches of the pine trees. A fledgling raised by an elf develops a strong bond with its master, and eventually the elf will be able to ride the fully grown hawk. The hawk will be trained to fight with its beak and talons, since the elves themselves live high among the treetops in platforms of woven branches. It is a very useful skill to be able to fly above the trees. The warhawk riders can spot intruders and swoop down to attack them. So the warhawks themselves have the fly special rule and the skirmish special rule, and warhawk units actually have to operate in skirmish formation. They don't have a choice, which is hardly a downside, <laughs> to be honest, with how good skirmish is in 4th and 5th edition. Warhawk riders are 30 points, and your army may include any number of them as regiments. So the riders are Movement 5, Weapon Skill 5, Ballistic Skill 4, Strength 3, Toughness 3, 1 Wound, Initiative 7, 1 Attack, and Leadership 8. The Hawks are Movement 2, but of course they fly. Weapon Skill 4, Strength 3, Toughness 3, 1 Wound, Initiative 5, 1 Attack, and Leadership 7. Warhawk riders are armed with a Hand Weapon. They have a save of 6+. Their options are Warhawk Riders may have shields for 2 points, light armor for 4 points, spears for 2 points, or longbows for 6 points. This unit is especially awful to face in Hero Hammer. It's wildly good. There's a bunch of ways that you can run Warhawk Riders. With weapon skill 5, the spears are actually pretty good. It's easy to do hit-and-run attacks with warhawks. With flying high, they can get anywhere they want and come down anywhere they want. Or you can run them with longbows, and you can give them a hero in the unit with some kind of magical longbow, and you can turn them into basically untouchable machine guns for a lot of the armies in the game. They fit so well with the guerrilla warfare of the elves, and they're really frustrating if you play armies that are a little bit more, I want to say traditional in terms of blocks of infantry and that kind of thing, right? You really have to have something that can reach out and touch Warhawk Riders because you're not likely to get them in close combat on your terms. It's much more likely on their terms. What makes Warhawks even more deadly in Hero Hammer is that you can mount your heroes on Warhawks, specifically the Wood Elf General for 20 points, a hero, or a mage. And this gives you so much more freedom of action than a lot of heroes enjoy in this game. Even a hero on a fast cavalry mount can't come close to the bonus that is fly and fly high. And usually with those things, you are paying at least a little bit more points for a monster that can fly. And that monster can get shot out from under you. But a warhawk is more like a horse. You can't get unhorsed 
in this era of Warhammer fantasy. So you've got this character who is essentially buying fly as well as an extra strength three attack, which probably isn't that important to them. But for 20 points, oh boy, it's good. That mobility, man, I have some post-traumatic wood elf stress <laughs> about Warhawks. They're just so good. They're, they're really, really good. The models of this era were incredibly well put together. They were just beautiful. Maybe not the funnest things to assemble, but they looked so incredible. Kind of like the Glade Riders. I just love this early Wood Elf aesthetic. I think it looks so classy, right? These Wood Elves just look so put together. I, I love them. I think they are wonderful, wonderful. All right. Let's put away the Hero Hammer and let's head on over to 6th Edition. 6th Edition is going to bring about some changes, of course, to the stat lines of Wood Elves, but also it's going to open up the lore a little bit more. And in all the Wood Elf episodes that I've done, I kind of have to mention that each era of Wood Elves is kind of separate from the other. Their lore changes more than pretty much any other army in Warhammer Fantasy. And that's because it keeps getting built out, but they keep getting more primal and more dark as the years go on. One of the greatest ways that you can see this is through the depictions of Athol Lorin, the maps that you get within the army books. And in the 4th edition book, it is a very basic map. It is very bright, it is very colorful. 6th edition brings about the black and white map that, while I miss the color, is a lot more filled in and a lot more detailed. And one of the details is if you look towards the Grey Mountains, so the eastern edge of Athalorn, you will find the area of the Hawk Lords. This is a cool little detail that has been added in to kind of describe what we had read in the previous Wood Elf book about the elves that live near the mountains befriending these. Now, our lore gets a lot more in-depth here, so I'm going to read it again. There is some repeated information, but there is a lot more here as well for our Warhawk riders. Many large birds of prey live in Athol Lorne, especially where it covers the foothills, ravines, and crags of the Grey Mountains. Making their eyries high amongst the towering pinnacles of rock, these hawks and shrikes commonly grow to far grander proportions than similar species found elsewhere in the Old World, though why this should be remains a mystery. Some scholars speculate that such birds were once common across many lands, but have long since been hunted into extinction in the more accessible places, whilst others claim that they have been changed by magic. Wherever the truth lies, the hawks of the Grey Mountains commonly grow to such a vast size, boasting wingspans that can average 15 to 20 feet. Indeed, though most elves live beneath the protective shade of Athelorn, there are those who crave more sparsely forested uplands of the Grey Mountains. And so a strange kinship has developed between the two races. Upon the middle slopes of the mountains, elven halls are fashioned close about the great rocky spires in which the hawks make their nests, eeries adorned with the sun-bleached bones of those who have dared intrude upon their territory. A fledgling chick raised by an elf develops a powerful, nigh-unbreakable connection with its bond master. Should it be required, a hawk raised in such a manner will carry its rider into battle without question. 
swooping upon the foe and rending with its cruel beak and swift talons. This bond ties both parties together, for the elves who choose to become warhawk riders are bound over to the needs and care of their mount, just as the hawk is to the elf. As time passes, the lives and essence of both rider and hawk become more and more intertwined, so that they almost become one creature, existing for the call of the hunt and the thrill of the chase alone. In this way, an intruder who strays into the pine-strewn crags faces not only the fury of the hawk, but also that of the elves, as several dwarf expeditions have found to their cost. Flying high above the treetops of Athel Lorin, the warhawk riders scout the area for approaching enemies, and are skillful enough to guide their warhawks down through the trees and strike at intruders should the occasion demand it. Those who ride the warhawks display phenomenal agility and balance, able to launch volleys of arrows while their mount flies at full speed through the forest. We also get a little text box about the Windrider kindreds, the kindreds of Seth Alla. Sometimes known as the Brethren of Seth, or Dawn Riders, the Windrider kindreds hail mostly from the pine crags where their mounts live, unrestrained by the dense forest canopy of the lower reaches of Athol Lorne. Members of the Windrider kindreds are often reckless, secure in the knowledge that the swiftness of their mount can carry them unharmed through great danger. The name Sethalia has evolved from the elven root word Sethai, meaning flight, wind, and cry in the far mountains. Our lore is built out here in 6th edition, which is quite nice. One of the things that this hints at without outright telling us is that obsessive quality about the elves. When elves get into something, they get really, really into something. And where it mentions that the hawk and the rider kind of become one being after a while, it's a nice nod to that fact, right? Elves are always shaped by their environment. It's something that they can't even help. They're just so naturally connected with what's around them. And I really like the way that the fluff is built out in 6th edition. This one isn't a clear confliction with the earlier lore, as some things can be in the Wood Elf book because they made them a little bit grittier, built out the lore a little bit darker. But this is more of a natural evolution and just filling in some details for us. Stats-wise, Warhawk Riders in this edition are Movement 5, Weapon Skill 4, Ballistic Skill 4, Strength 3, Toughness 3, 2 Wounds, Initiative 5, 1 Attack, and Leadership 8. The Champions are the Wind Riders, and they are identical, but they have 2 attacks. And the Warhawk itself is Movement 1, Weapon Skill 4, Strength 4, Toughness 3, Initiative 5, 1 Attack, and Leadership 5. So there is a bit of a trade-off here between the old 4th Ed Warhawks and the 6th Ed Warhawks. The big thing for the Riders, and I guess for the whole model really, is that it gains a second wound, which is really, really nice. However, it does lose Weapon Skill 5 on the Elf, which was a nice bonus to have at the time you're probably always going to want to trade that for the second wound. Also, the Warhawk goes up to strength four, which I think you can argue probably it always should have had. It all comes together to make a really nice profile. Their special rules in this edition are flying cavalry and hit and run. So they traded in the special rules that were more Hero Hammer appropriate to things that were more sixth edition appropriate, Again, this all makes perfect sense. 
they were already used for hit and run back in Hero Hammer. So just giving them that special rule works. If you want to field them in this era, they are a special unit and they are 40 points per model. So they did get more expensive. You take them in units of 3 to 12. They are armed with a spear and a longbow, two things that you actually had to pay for in Hero Hammer, so some of that cost is offset. And you can upgrade one Warhawk Rider to a Wind Rider for 20 points, which, I guess, I mean, you do get that extra attack. I don't know if that's necessarily worth the 20 points, but if you've got points to burn, go for it. You probably don't, playing Wood Elves, but depending on how you want to use them, and what you want them doing, maybe that is worth it for you. All right, now it's time to move on to the ultimate, the last Wood Elf Warhawk Riders. Let's see how they fare in 8th edition. 8th edition doesn't provide us with much new information regarding the Warhawk Riders themselves, but it does fill in some of the gaps about the region of Athalor in which they can be found. That region is the Pine Crags. Now, the Pine Crags are on that eastern side of Athaloran that butts up against the Grey Mountains. And the map of Athaloran that we receive in 8th edition is the most complete. It also has a bunch of new information about the various glades and the 12 regions of Athalorn. Some of this lore is really engaging and interesting. The various glades that are always in spring or in fall or winter or summer, I find it really, really interesting. And this is the, the darkest version of Athalorn that we get. There's a lot of things here that are quite sinister. We can still find the Eerie of the Hawk Lords, in the Grey Mountains, just above the Pine Crags. But the Pine Crags themselves are kind of the more hilly, pine-filled part of the forest, but it's where we see the Warhawk Riders in their greatest numbers. Now here's a little bit about Wydraoth, the Pine Crags. It's ruled by Lord Findle and Lady Evelyn. The Pine Crags is an embattled region, ever beset by the dwarfs and greenskins of the Grey Mountains. From the outside, its steep slopes appear no more defensible than any other part of Athaloran. It is only when an invader is drawn beneath the eaves that he discovers that the Pine Crags is in fact a sprawling fortress. Here the elves have shaped citadels and strongholds from sky-crown oaks and endless leagues of gnarled and tangled walls from Rockbriar. A maze of walkways and root-braced tunnels bind the various outposts together into a single living defense network capable of repelling full-blown waws. Many rising warlords have met their doom amongst the glades of Wydroth, for bringing an army into the Pine Crags is a much simpler proposition than that of its extrication. Findle and his court are famously bloodthirsty and take great joy in slaughtering those who intrude upon their domain. So a little bit of extra lore there. The Pine Crags is probably one of the more famous areas of Athaloran just for the battles that have taken there. You have conflicts with the dwarfs of Karak Norn, but also the very famous battle of the Pine Crags when Heinrich Kemmler sought to march through Athaloran to invade Bretonia. 
And the elves of this region are very warlike. Of course, they've turned the forest into a fortress. And because the Grey Mountains are so infested with things like the undead, like orcs and goblins and nasty dwarfs, they really need that extra defense. The Warhawk Riders act as their eyes and ears, their scouts, and make the area all the more formidable. Now let's have a little look at the Warhawk Riders themselves. Their profile is much changed from 6th edition, and that's because the type of unit that they are changed. They are now Monstrous Cavalry, which is a designation that did not exist in 6th edition. And it's given them some big benefits. Firstly, they now have three wounds, because the Warhawk itself has three wounds, and a toughness of four. So the Warhawk has been fleshed out and made into kind of a mini monster in itself. Not quite as threatening as a Great Eagle, but not too far behind. The Warhawk also has two attacks, plus the elf himself having one. It does make the bird the star of the show for, I think, the first time in this unit's history. It has a plethora of special rules including Always Strikes First, which is only for the rider, of course, because he is an elf. Armor Piercing, which is a new thing for the Warhawks and is Warhawk only, which makes perfect sense when you think about that beak, that claws, absolutely. It, they are Flying Cavalry, which we expect, and they have the Forest Stalker rule, which is part of the suite of special rules that the Wood Elves get. They also have a unique special rule called Predator's Descent. And this, again, is just for the Warhawks. On a turn in which the Warhawk charges, it has the Killing Blow special rule. So they have really upped the offensive output of the Warhawks come 8th edition. If you would like to include some of these guys in your army, and I don't see why you wouldn't, because I think they are very good. I think they have always been very good, despite the fact that they have changed a lot over the years. When you think back to... Those hero hammer days with a very simple kind of one wound flying cavalry, but all of the shenanigans that they could do with fly high to this era where they actually pack quite a punch. They are again a special unit. Now they are 45 points per model. So this is the most expensive that we see them, but this is also the most powerful that we see them with three wounds, three attacks from the model in total. Some of those attacks having Killing Blow on the charge. All sorts of special rules for these guys. They come in units of 3+. Plus, and equipment-wise, you are looking at a Asurai Spear for the Elf, a Hand Weapon, and an Azurai Longbow. So the Azurai prefix just tells you that it is the special Wood Elf version. So it has the special Wood Elf rules there. And you can upgrade one Warhawk Rider to a Wind Rider for 10 points. And the Wind Rider, again, is the same, but he has two attacks on the Elf. This is a much more reasonable points cost for a champion than we saw in 6th edition. This is not a cheap unit by any means, but it is still a good unit. It is a problem-solving unit. It is a flying unit, which is always so valuable. These guys are great. I think they start great and they continue great, even back when they were just little falconers. I think they are awesome. One of the most iconic units in the Wood Elf range, and the Wood Elves have a lot of iconic units. My only complaint with them in this era is 
their models, I don't think, are as nice as they were in Hero Hammer, but they're still quite good. They're, they look a little bit more wild in the 6th to 8th edition era, which, considering the evolving themes of this army, really isn't out of place at all. It's just my personal preference. You know me. I like everything to be of the Hero Hammer style. Well, that's going to about do it for this episode. I hope you've enjoyed this one. It's nice to get back to our roots of just picking through the editions and looking at the changes. Until next time, have a great week. Thanks for listening to the War Games Orchard. If you enjoy the show, why not join us on Patreon? There you'll gain access to all of our bonus content for any level of donation. It's a great way to help us keep going and enjoy extra Orchard content. If Patreon's not your thing, please consider giving us a five-star review on your podcast platform of choice and sharing this show with friends. If you'd like to get in touch, you can find us on Facebook at The Warhammer Orchard and The War Games Orchard, or by email at wargamesorchard at gmail.com. <laughs>